0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to the Matt Lombardo Show, presented by Heavy Sports. Of course, I am Heavy Sports senior NFL insider Matt Lombardo. Great to have you here. Hope you and yours had an incredible holiday season. Hope Santa Claus left all the presents from your list under the tree and certainly a couple of teams across the league woke up on Christmas morning to playoff berths of their own a lot to get into on what's going to be a really fun show we have a couple of great guests lined up for you Buffalo Bills all pro edge rusher future Hall of Famer Von Miller is going to stop by and talk about what he has going on now that he is sidelined for the season and the roller coaster of emotions that went in from suffering an injury on Thanksgiving thinking that he dodged the bullet of a torn ACL when it turns out He is, in fact, done for the year, Then we'll switch things up. We'll talk a little bit of college football, preview the college football playoff, and look into some of the teams that are on the rise in the college football landscape with ESPN college football analyst Desmond Howard. Really looking forward to those two conversations, but before we get into it, just a little bit of housekeeping, as always. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you subscribe in the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, SoundCloud, toss us a like on YouTube. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you like about the show, maybe what you don't like, and a guest or two that you'd be interested in hearing from, and we'll go and try to get them on. Those five-star reviews, they really help grow the show. And you look at the Buffalo Bills, they entered this season with legitimate Super Bowl aspirations in large part because of the addition of Von Miller, and he did not disappoint prior to the injury. What an exciting conversation this is going to be. We're joined by Buffalo Bills edge rusher, future Hall of Famer Von Miller on behalf of Doritos. Von, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm great. I really don't have any complaints at all.
0: You know, that's great to hear. And, you know, I see you got the new triangle haircut and you were part of a tailgate hosted by Doritos. Uh, Tell us about the haircut, the triangle. And I got to hear about this tailgate. I know Bills Mafia is out of their minds. Did they have you tried to jump jump through some tables?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't jumped through any tables, I've had this haircut, this uh, this ducktail for a long time, and it's super cool that um, they called the eye of Doritos and Frito Lay and um, for us to partner up and um, create uh, the name that Triangle campaign, and it gives you know our, it gives fans around the league to kind of give their own uh, take on my haircut to empower them and strengthen them to. And really give their own take, you know, on my haircut. And the coolest ones, and the dopest ones, the very cool, the very, the, the most, the coolest haircut that that we see, uh, we're gonna give them, you know, two tickets to Super Bowl 57 to see the Buffalo Bills play somebody in Arizona. So it's uh it's super cool to you know team up Doritos all because of my haircut and the triangle haircut. I think it was a long time coming, and you know here we are.
0: See, there you go. You're already thinking Super Bowl and rightfully so with that roster that you guys have in place. And, and I know that you went to Buffalo chasing another Super Bowl ring coming off of being instrumental to what the Rams were able to do winning the Lombardi last year. What attracted you to the Bills in the first place? And I, I know you said it took a while for it to feel like home. Does it feel like home in Buffalo finally?
1: Yeah, man, it does. And, um, you know, I, I think Marv Levy, he, he said, it, it. don't quote me on this. Like what I think this is right he said, nobody wants to come to Buffalo, but nobody wants to leave. And that's exactly how I feel. Um, you know, coming here, being around, you know, the wonderful people of Western New York and, you know, being here in this environment, it just kind of grows on you. Like it's, you know, to see the, the gray, the gray clouds and you know, the, the, the snowy weather and the rainy weather and the wind. I think it's just it's just a, um, a indicator of what type of people that we have here. We have hard-nosed, tough people, tough, smart people here. Doesn't matter if it's hot, cold, sunny, like we're all about playing football. We love the Sabers too here. We're all about great football, you know, Sabers, and of course the Buffalo Bills, man, and and that's what that's what brought me here. On top of that, we got Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, great defense. Coach McDermott is great. Uh, ben, Brandon Bean is, is 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 one of the best GMs in the league. Um, the infrastructure of this team is. Is um, one of the best infrastructures that I've that I've ever seen. Meaning, you know, the front office ladies, the 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 the, the ops people, the, the cafeteria workers, you know, the janitors, strength and conditioning staff, athletic training staff. Like everybody's all in on helping the Buffalo Bills be as successful as they possibly can. and That was the reason why I came in.
0: And this season certainly didn't end the way for you personally that you would have hoped. Obviously, and it's got to be an emotional roller coaster. Thanksgiving, you get the injury, you get the initial report that it's not an ACL, but then you wind up being out for the season. What has that been like for you? And, and, and how are you dealing with, with all of that and that range of emotions? Um, I think,
1: you know, 75% of it is mental. You know, I think 75% of it is mental and I'm in a great space mentally. Um, I just choose to focus on the positive perspective of my life. Um, I'm in a great position. You know, I'm, I'm part of a, you know, a really great organization. I got one son. He'll be 16 months and two days. And I got another son that'll be here in February. Um, you know, I, I, I'm here for six years. I, I was supposed to be here six years anyway. So I got multiple shots to, to, to come back and try to be the best player I can to help us go win another Super Bowl. And um, yeah, I just choose to look at the positive things, the blessings in my life. And of course, you know, whenever you hear with news like that, you know, it's, you know, it's the reality and the facts, like the reality and the facts are always going to be that, you know, the reality is, you know, I'm injured, you know, but I, I honestly feel like your attitude uh, towards the facts is more important, you know, the way you view it and the way you go about it, that's more important than the actual fact itself, so.
0: And you're obviously in a situation it. where you have a quarterback, even though you're injured this year, and you're going to get multiple bites of that Super Bowl apple in, in coming years as long as Josh Allen is there. You but, practice against Josh every day. You've been up against him. You see him every Sunday. What makes him the MVP of this league this year, and what makes him special?
1: Um, you know, they say that the MVP is, you, know, you break it down, as the most valuable player, like, in the whole entire league. And... You know, it's not anybody that does it like Josh Allen. We got great, you know, quarterbacks all around the league, but nobody does it like Josh Allen. You know, nobody's able to, you know, run around and find a, you know open receiver and hit him like that and just change the game for one player. Um, you know, of course, you got, you know, other guys that's in the race as well, like Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. But Josh Allen, he's going to heat up. He's going to heat up again. He's going to take over that race. You know, here we got, we still got four weeks left. He's going to take it over. Um, you know, we need him deep in this last stretch of the uh, season. We need him deep into the playoffs to, to go win a Super Bowl. We can't do it without him. And I think he's going to show people exactly, you know, the type of player that he is you know, uh, with these, these games that we have left in the season.
0: And another key player for you winning that Super Bowl ring last year was just in town, what, a week or two ago, Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. Have you put on the full-court press? Are you recruiting Odell to, to wind up in Buffalo with you, with those great skies next time in the Sabres? You know, we gave
1: I, when Odell was here, we gave him the very um, best recruiting trip that you could possibly have. You know, in Orchard Park, and um, I, I just think you know the ball is, is in his court. You know, and you know I think he. he I don't want to speak for him, but you know, you you should choose health. You know, over everything else, and whenever he's ready, he's going to be back. Like uh, whenever Odell is ready to go, he's he's going to be back. And I'm not trying to speak for him or do anything like that, but you know, I, I love Odell on and off the football field. And he's whether it's this year or, or next year, whenever he chooses to play football and you know be Odell Beckham again, it's gonna happen, no question about it.
0: Odell Beckham or no Odell Beckham, this is still a team capable of making a Super Bowl run. What makes the Bills the favorite in the AFC? You're you're around that building every day, even though you're injured. You've obviously been around the league for a long time. What makes the Bills the team to beat to go and get that ring?
1: Um you know, they say Super Bowl, they say defenses win championships and it takes great quarterback and great offense to get there. And we got all of this stuff. On top of that, we got at least four or five head coaches on this staff. And we got another four or five coaches, head coaches, that will be head coaches after that. You know, we got amazing front office. We got amazing infrastructure on this team. And I think that's why the Buffalo Bills will be successful in the 2022, 2023
0: season. And, you know, one last thing for you. I know you're here on behalf of Doritos. How can fans enter the Name That Triangle Challenge? What's up for grabs? How can they find out more?
1: Um, they can, uh, you know, we, we get everything, uh, you know, back to you. I think post it on, online, um, post it on Twitter, post it on social media. Hashtag Name That Triangle. And boom, it's it.
0: You got to get the triangle haircut. Hashtag name that triangle and you're in the running for some Super Bowl tickets. Von Miller hopes to see the Buffalo Bills. Von, appreciate the time as always. Best of luck with your Rehab, and we'll talk to you further up the road. Thank you. I appreciate you good. Great stuff there from Von Miller, of course, brought to us by Doritos. And you look at the Bills right now, I think they really miss Von Miller. They went from being one of those teams that you looked at as a super super team, as a Super Bowl favorite, In large part, and I've said this before on the podcast, and I've written it in previous columns on heavy.com, the next evolution for the Bills wasn't just what they're able to do on offense with Josh Allen and with Stephon Diggs and with Isaiah McKenzie and all of the weapons they have, James Cook emerging as a budding star, a future star to watch in 2023, in my opinion. But what they've been able to build on that defense this year and you saw the game-changing, game-clinching plays that Von Miller has made against the Kansas City Chiefs number of times throughout the course of this season. Losing Von Miller and losing that element on defense, at least in my opinion, it makes the Bills a little bit more vulnerable. It makes them a little bit more beatable, especially when you look at the landscape of the AFC and you look at a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, who's playing the best football of their season, Joe Burrow legitimately playing himself, not necessarily maybe to the front of the line, but very close in the MVP conversation. You look around the NFL, of course, Patrick Mahomes playing some of the best football of his career. The Chiefs just continue to find ways to get it done. The Miami Dolphins, I know that they've stumbled a little bit here, and that was a really brutal loss on Christmas Day against the Green Bay Packers in a game that they had to win, in a game that they should have won against a team that they should have handled easily at home, but they lost. But the Bills, to me, are no longer invincible without Von Miller. And I think that they struggled a little bit against the Bears in the elements. They got it right. They won 35-13. to They really turned a corner late. But I think that Von Miller and missing Miller – I think it knocks them down a peg in the AFC hierarchy. But four teams that weren't knocked down a peg are the four teams that made the college football playoff. You have the Georgia Bulldogs and Ohio State Buckeyes, TCU and Michigan. Four great games as well as some great matchups in the New York Six Bowls that are coming up. And joining us to talk about all of that and a whole lot more, ESPN college football analyst Desmond Howard. This should be a great conversation. Joining me now to talk all things college football playoff, little bit of NFL, a little bit of Michigan football, a little bit of Big Ten, and a whole lot more ESPN NFL analyst Desmond Howard on behalf of Modelo. Desmond, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing
0: great. Happy to have you here. And before we get into it, I'd love to find out more about how this partnership between you and Modelo came about, especially ahead of the college football playoff.
2: i tell you what, well, you know, as a college football analyst, the one thing that we talk about on a consistent basis is the fighting spirit of the fans. I mean, we believe that the college football fans, they're the most, um, it's just, they're they're the most celebrated fans in all the sports because of their passion, their fighting spirit, like they change games. There's no doubt about that. I can give you a list of games I was at personally this year when I saw just how the fighting spirit of the, the fans Change the game. So we talk about the players, but the fans should be recognized and celebrated, too. And Modelo realizes that. They understand. It. They get it. So we have the full-time fan contest where one lucky fan gets, um, gets a grand prize of going to the national championship game. And then check wow. this out. I get to hang out with the fan cuz I help pick the fan so I'm looking forward to that too. And then they get like a six-figure salary for watching college football games. So it's a win-win for everybody involved. And it's just Modelo doing their part in recognizing the importance of fans and the fighting spirit that they bring to college football.
0: That's unbelievable, and there really is nothing like college football—the atmosphere. I'm a Penn State season ticket holder, so I'm up there all the time, especially oh, the whiteout white games ridiculous. like that. The whiteout is ridiculous. The whiteout at
2: nighttime is ridiculous. You, you get it, yeah, you get it for real, a- absolutely.
0: I've left my vocal cords in Happy Valley a few times. Now, you know, let's <laughs> let, let's look ahead to the playoff a little bit here, Desmond. You know, Georgia obviously enters this thing as the defending champion. Feels yeah. like they're the deepest roster of the four. Are yeah. they the prohibitive favorite in your opinion? No doubt about it.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. They're the consensus number one team in the country. I mean, you know, they've been playing, you know, they, they've they had some, some moments during the season where they didn't look great, but they found ways to win the game. I mean, it's a long season, so you're not going to be dominant every time you take the field. But to their credit, I mean, you got the Bulls out on your back. When you're the defending right. national champs, Every time you take the field, you're going to get your opponent's best shot. So, with that being said, yeah, they're the prohibited favorites. Listen, they play Ohio State in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. I mean, that it might as well a be in game. Athens. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like a home game for Georgia. So, they have everything in their favor at this point. And, obviously, Stetson Bennett, the quarterback who won, you know, was the quarterback of the Bulldogs a year ago, is back. He was a Heisman finalist uh, last week up in New York, so it seems like they're the prohibited favorite.
0: And you know, a, a team that's not involved but is always a part of the conversation is Alabama, and and really an off year for Nick Saban, kind of an uncharacteristic season. For, second time they missed the playoffs since 2019, second time ever. What's the future hold in Tuscaloosa,
2: in your opinion? Oh, wow. I, I can't believe they still got a football program there, right? They lost two games. and not in the college football playoff. I mean, it's like Armageddon in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Listen, they're going to be fine. I mean, they lost two very, very close games, both games on the road, um, you know, Tennessee – played their hearts out at home. It was a back-and-forth game. They lost in the last second field goal. And then, I, I mean, the, the LSU game, Baton Rouge is a different place, right. man. We talk about the fighting spirit of the fans. Yeah, at yes. night, Baton Rouge, Death Valley is just a different monster because of the fighting spirit of the fans. So, in the, another close game, uh, Brian Kelly decides to go for two in overtime. So, I, you know, I think they're going to be okay. It's just too close Um, They took on the chin, um, you know, on the road, but they still, you know, recruit very well. Uh, Nick Saban has not forgotten how to coach. I think that they'll be okay.
0: And, you know, kind of along those lines, Bryce Young and Will Anderson, they're both going to be top five picks in the draft, but they're both going to play in the Sugar Bowl. So that has to say something about the culture that Nick Saban is building there. Do you read anything into that when an era where you have so many star players and incoming top
2: draft picks, you know, opting out of these non playoff bowl games? You know, I'm glad you brought that up because that's so rare. It is so rare that we see guys who are top draft picks playing these, you know, bowl games that, what do they really mean? Like, what do they, you know, they're not playoff bowl games. They're just regular bowl games, you know? So it, it, it to me, it, it, it says a lot about that program. And it says a lot about the culture that they have in Tuscaloosa um, under Nick Saban, that these players who are high draft picks um, decided, Hey, we're going to go out there. We're going to finish it. We're going to finish what we started with uh, with our teammates, with the guys we started with. So Hats off to Bryce Young and uh, Will Anderson Jr. and and just for Nick Saban and the program that he has. I think that speaks volumes um, to the program that they have down there in Tuscaloosa. I'm glad you brought that up because, like you said, we 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 always see the opposite. Like I'm always looking now right. at, at 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 you know at my phone to see who's opted out this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's going to play? Who's not going to play? And yeah. you know, your alma mater at Michigan something seems to have changed dramatically over the last two years for the Wolverines and for Jim Harbaugh. Second straight year, they blow out Ohio state in the game. Second straight year, they win the big 10, go to the playoff. How did they turn the corner? What what has been different about Michigan these past two years?
2: I think people underestimate the job, just the big job that uh, Jim Harbaugh had to do when he, when he went to Ann Arbor as the head coach, as far as just trying to, turn around the program and change a culture. Like it was a lot of work he had to do. And, um, you know, he did the best he could with what he had, but then he started to bring in different coaches. And I believe that the assistant coaches that he brought in, that they were the difference makers and, um, you know, he had to change his perspective. Like there was a lot of adjustment that went on, um, during, you know, his, his tenure so far, as the head coach of Michigan, but you look at the head, the, the assistant coaches he brought in and man, you're looking at it. Let's try this on for size. Jim Harbaugh loses Josh Gaddis, who was the Broyles award winner a year ago as Michigan's offensive coordinator. He went to Coral Gables, become the OC at University of Miami. Then he loses his defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. He went, to Baltimore to become their defensive court. So now you're looking at a guy who lost maybe three first rounders on defense, uh, lost, you know, Hassan and a pick. couple other guys. Right. He brings in, you know, well, he hired, he brought in Jesse Mentor. He hired Sharon Moore from within to be the OC, and Sharon Moore has done a fantastic job. Jesse Mentor was a bros awards finalist. Uh, they've just done an outstanding job of like helping create this culture where they're developing players, they're coaching the hell out of them, and um, they're doing just a really, really good job of keeping that, that whole culture going. And the
0: Big Ten is really fascinating to me overall. Obviously, you have Ohio State and Michigan in the playoff again this year, uh, and you know Michigan's winning the league the last two years. But as we said at the top, you know I'm a Penn State guy. What do you make of the Nittany Lions and James Franklin? How do they close the gap on Ohio State and Michigan? And when you look at the young talent, the Drew Allers, Nick Singleton, Catron Allen, all that talent on offense, yeah. how far away are they? How close are they to closing that
2: gap? I tell you what, the um, the game in Happy Valley against Ohio State, without a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion, if number 44 JTT for Ohio State – didn't have the game of his life. Yeah, I really do think Penn State would have walked away with a victory that day. I just think that the way that the rhythm of the game was in Penn State's favor. You even look at the beginning. I mean, it was, it was like either two or three interceptions early on, but at the same time, Penn State was still in the game, if not winning a half. think they were winning like 14, 13 a half. Now yeah. they were yeah. still winning, as bad as they played in the first half. But, like, any time Ohio State needed to play, it wasn't Marvin Harrison Jr., it wasn't C.J. Stroud, it was JTT number 44, who, when that game was over, he was the clear MVP of that game. Without him having the game of his life, I do think that that gap would have been closed and and Penn State probably would have won that game. So I just don't think the gap is as big as, as people think. Uh, I think that James Franklin is doing a, a, a really, really good job. Um, they got some young talent, like you said, who's going to be exciting to watch. I tell you what, I can't wait to watch them in the, uh, the Rose Bowl against Utah. That's going to be a really good matchup. We'll be out there for that game. Very excited to see them go up against the Utah
0: Utes. Should be a fun game to watch. I want to switch gears to the NFL real quick here is a former wide receiver, Christian Watson. He's really been a revelation for the Packers this year. A little yeah. bit of a slow start, but he's caught seven touchdowns over the last five games, a couple hundred yard games over that stretch. What yeah. makes him special from what you saw of him in college and might maybe watching him in Green Bay this year?
2: Well, I tell you what, uh, Christian uh, Watson, you know, as a as a receiver who didn't come from an FBS, came from North Dakota State. Um, he, he. to me, he embodies that fighting spirit that a guy who comes from a lesser program, who doesn't have as much recognition that that guy has when he's going up into the NFL now against like these, you know, I guess better known receivers who went to power five schools, but that fighting spirit that he showed that he goes out there with. And like you said, man, listen, I remember the the, the, the first pass. It was like a clear touchdown and it was in the bread basket from a first ballot Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers, and he just clearly dropped it. And you know, he—I think it affected him mentally, as it you know, as it probably would most young receivers. But I believe that Aaron Rodgers and the guys they rallied around him—they kept his spirit up, and eventually, he was able to to come out of that shell and then show what type of talent he has. I mean, he's a guy who, when I was talking to, to other scouts. Uh, preparing for the draft a year ago, like they was really, they were really comparing him to like a a Randy Moss type guy, like really big, extremely fast, great hand-eye coordination, and now we are starting to see how he can affect. Now that's a that's a big comparison because Randy was a, was like Hall a, of Famer, yeah, Hall of Famer, just like a just a physical freak, but um, you know, he has similar measurables and similar tools, and um, I, I think the sky's a limit. Now, obviously we don't know how long Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. So he got got one of the best trigger men right now, but he ain't going to have him much longer. So it's going to be really curious to see how he plays after Aaron Rodgers move on, whether it's next season, two seasons, whatever.
0: And speaking of quarterbacks, if Desmond Howard is the GM of the Houston Texans or the Seattle Seahawks, or one of these teams picking one or two in the draft, Who's the number one quarterback on your board coming into this spring? That's
2: a great question. I would really, I couldn't answer that right now. It's a really good question. I would have to look at the names and then try to figure out what the strengths or weaknesses are and then try to compare that to what the, um, the offensive system is at those places. So it's a really good question, but not one I can answer right now.
0: Of course. Now, do you have any sleepers coming into the NFL draft guys who you've seen this year that might be that might not be getting the pub that they, they could be high risers that are going to become household names uh, as the draft approaches.
2: High rise. Let me see any sleepers. Man, oh man, I haven't started my NFL prep. I got to get through this national championship game first. Then I'll start my NFL prep. So who do, you, who do you who do
0: you like in the playoff? I know you're a Michigan guy, so obviously the heart has yeah. to be pulling for them over TCU. But who do you like in the playoff? How do you see this playing out?
2: Yeah, well, every alum wants to see his team. His his, his you know. Who win a championship, right? So, obviously, I would love to see Michigan win it, but it's gonna be tough. TCU is gonna be a tough, um, tough team, man. In the uh, Fiesta Bowl, I think that Max Duggan, who was a finalist and came in second place in the Heisman voting, he's a resilient dude, man. Real, uh, just a fighter. You learn his story, all the injuries he's going through. Didn't wasn't the start of the beginning of the season, hung in there, didn't hop in the transfer portal, wanted to be the best teammate he could be, got the opportunity to start once the starter got hurt, and, um, you know, the next thing you know, he's in New York as a Heisman finalist. Uh, Really resilient team, a lot of talent. It's going to be a a, a nice battle between them and Michigan and Ohio State. You know, listen, Jim Knowles is a guy who people in Columbus and other analysts, they said that he was brought to Columbus specifically for the Michigan game. And they got embarrassed. I mean, like it it was, it was a fail. It was a failure um, defensively. So this is now an opportunity though for him to go up against the number one team in the country. And, um, and if they can, you know, have some success against Stetson Bennett and that offense uh, with, with with Brock Bowers, who's like one of the best players in the country, there's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, if that defense can hold up against them and then, the Michigan loss doesn't look as bad at that point, but if Georgia goes out there offensively and, you know, they run up the numbers on the defense, then it's going to be interesting to see the conversation between Ryan Day, the fan base and Jim knows.
0: And one more time, Desmond, you're joining us on behalf of Modella. How do you choose the full time fan winner? How How do people
2: win? Oh, yeah, so it's me and a few other folks, and we get a chance to, like, we read whatever they submit and um, look at their stories, and and then we decide a
0: winner. He's Desmond Howard. He's brought to us by Modelo, picking the full-time fan winner ahead of the college football playoff. Desmond, always appreciate the time. It's always a great conversation, and look forward to talking
2: to you further up the road. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, I look at this playoff, and I think that it's it's Georgia's to lose, right? I think that Michigan is built to beat you a certain way with the physical defense and running the football. Ohio State, they're a team that can outlast you and beat you late because they have so much talent, and they're a team that is built to win on the perimeter with speed. But I think Georgia is the most complete team. When you look at the defense, the versatility in terms of beating you through the air, on the ground. They, of course, have a championship-winning quarterback. They have a championship-winning program that has the experience of being in this moment. They're not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. But these are the games that I'm really looking forward to. And one of the games that, to me, was an absolute statement in the NFL last week was what the Carolina Panthers did to the Detroit Lions. And the Lions were a team, one of the hottest teams in the NFL, going into that game, going down to Charlotte. I don't know that they could have come out any flatter than they did against the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if they took the Panthers lightly. I don't know if Carolina just had the blueprint with the running game. But as far as the Lombardo Trophy goes for this week, it goes to the Carolina Panthers backfield duo of Chubba Hubbard and Devonta Foreman. What a game these two had. It was the kind of game that put them squarely in the mix to go to the postseason. They're one game back of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they finish up against the Bucs and against the Saints. So very real postseason aspirations with interim head coach Steve Wilkes. The performance that that backfield in Carolina had on Sunday was one of the more dominant ground games that we've seen all season. Devonta Foreman, 165 yards and a touchdown. He averaged 7.9 yards per carry. Chubba Hubbard. 125 rushing yards, averaged 10.4 yards per attempt. 10.4! That is domination on the ground. There was something very clearly that Carolina saw in Detroit's defense that they could beat them at their own game. Because we know the Lions, having watched them, especially when they get down in the red zone, it's all about the running game. It's all about that offensive line winning up front. The Panthers dominated in the trenches the entire game, and they were rewarded for it. And that was a Lions team that they were very much in the mix for an NFC wildcard going into that. And I look at Carolina, if you can keep doing that, if you can run for over 300 total rushing yards in a game, they have a de facto playoff game coming up on Sunday against the Buccaneers. That's one of those where if you win, you're alive. And if you lose, that's probably going to be it. And they close out against the Saints. So the opportunity is there for Carolina to make the postseason. With an interim head coach, it would be one of the more impressive turnarounds after trading away Christian McCaffrey, after trading away Robbie Anderson. You look at what this team has become over the second half of the season with Steve Wilkes. He's more than coached his way into the conversation of losing the interim title and keeping the full-time job, especially if they make the postseason. How do you move on from that? And I think they have a good chance to make the playoffs the Panthers do, especially if their ground game continues at the level that it was on Sunday. Let's go to the pick of the week. And this is another one of these late season de facto playoff games down the stretch where if you win you have a legitimate shot of making the postseason. It's a de facto playoff game for the Jacksonville Jaguars who are playing some of their best football of the season. They're getting tremendous quarterback play from Trevor Lawrence. You're seeing that they are a well-coached football team making big plays and big moments of games by Doug Peterson, who's a Super Bowl-winning head coach in his own right. They've won three in a row. They've won four of their last five. And they finish off their regular season with two division games against the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans with a real shot to win the AFC South. And I think that after you saw Ryan Tannehill go out with an injury for the, the Tennessee Titans and they're playing a backup quarterback at this point, the way that Trevor Lawrence is playing, the Jaguars are the team to beat in the AFC South, even when he's not perfect, like he wasn't in miserable conditions against the jets last Thursday night. He's still playing the best football of his career and he's keeping the Jaguars in games. Look at the results. He's thrown for 1,415 yards with 11 touchdowns to just one interception over this four-game span for the Tennessee Titans. He's just dominating right now. And the biggest question mark about Trevor Lawrence going into this season was ball security. Can he protect the football? Can he limit the turnovers? But in the biggest games, the games that matter most, down the stretch, Trevor Lawrence is playing the best football of his season. I like the Jaguars in this one. They're four and a half point favorites in Houston against the Texans. I think this is at least a touchdown win for the Jaguars a really fun show. Thanks to Von Miller for dropping by. Desmond Howard for all of the insight into the college football playoff the New Year's Six Bowls. Some great college football talk. Thanks as always to Thomas Darrow behind the glass doing a tremendous job. Instrumental to getting this podcast up and running each and every week. Once again, if you enjoy the podcast please go ahead and subscribe in the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify. Throw us a like on YouTube and leave those five star reviews in the Apple Podcast Store. They really do help grow the show. Some great games on tap. Division races going. Going down to the wire. Can't wait to break it all down next week. I'm Matt Lombardo. I'll talk to you after these games on Sunday. I'll talk to you next week on the Matt Lombardo Show presented by Heavy Sports.